Welcome to ChristianBook.com. My name is Amy Courage, and we are talking with author Frank Viola about his newest book, Revise Us Again, Living from a Renewed Christian Script. And thanks for joining us today, Frank. Thank you. Now, why did you decide to write Revise Us Again? Well, the reason why I wrote it is because I felt like there are areas of the Christian life and the Christian faith particularly in the area of our walk as Christians, that are not being addressed today. There are many books out today on transformation, uh, spiritual formation, walking with the Lord, and, and most of them deal with such subjects as you know, how to be a better parent, how to be a better spouse, how to be a, a, a better friend, a better listener, how, to, how not to lose your temper, how to be less greedy and help the poor more. These are the kind of themes that you'll find um, in most books on transformation or how to read and study the Bible, etc. But there are so many areas of the Christian life and the Christian faith that are getting very little airplay today. Mm -hmm. And so consequently, I felt like there was a need to address these things. That was the provocation of the book, is to address these deeper areas of our spiritual lives, our spiritual walks, that really don't get a lot of airtime today. And I have to ask, is there an intended pun in the title of the book? It sounds a lot like, you know, the phrase revive us again, which is a phrase that Christians have used for a long time. Yes. Uh, my editor actually came up with a title. The original title was something along the line of rescripting. I think that's what it was, rescripting. Mm. And the old hymn, Revive Us Again, I guess came to his mind. And this book is really about rescripting and revising our Christian life using that metaphor for transformation. And uh, he came up with it, and instantly I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So, yeah, there's a bit of a, a wordplay there, but it really has to do with the revising of the Christian walk. And you'll notice, too, the book cover, it looks like a notepad, and it's being edited. The subtitle is being edited right. and in red. You know, editors use red to make changes. And so the uh, title is in red. It's, uh, I like it. They yeah. did a good job. Yeah, thanks for that um, insight. Now, revise this again. You talk about living from a renewed Christian script, and what does it mean to re-script our lives? Well, what happens essentially is every person is born into um, a particular environment in which they're handed a script to live by. And we're scripted through various things. We're scripted through um, our family, our culture. Uh, we're scripted through the education we receive. When we become a Christian, we become spiritually rescripted, And that occurs through our Christian friends. It occurs through the people who are influential in leading us to Christ. It occurs through our church. It occurs through our denomination. It occurs through various... Christian books and uh, teachings that we receive. And what I argue in the book is that we're all given a script based on all these things I mentioned, but it is the Holy Spirit's job to descript us from those things that don't match the image of Christ and to rescript us into those ways of life that match his image. And a lot of the rescripting occurs around things we learn from other Christians. Uh, around things we learn from our denomination or our church. There's constant rescripting going on. And so I get into some of those areas 
because again they're not really being addressed much today but as i say you know the holy spirit's job is to conform us into the image of christ and that requires this whole process of rescripting and descripting one passage uh, out of the new testament that kind of goes along with the title is in second corinthians 3 3 it says you show that you are a letter from christ the result of our ministry written not with ink but with the spirit of a living god Mm. not on tablets of stone but on tablets of the human heart so here's an image of the holy spirit doing some writing (laughs) and writing on our hearts and then there's a psalm in chapter 18 verse 24 god rewrote the text of my life when i opened the book of my heart to his eyes so those are two passages that kind of go along with the metaphor of rescripting right right those are cool i like those verses now you look at 10 different areas of the christian walk um, can you tell us about some of those or all of them <laughs> yeah sure i'll just kind of run through each of them real quick um there are 10 areas and then there's an appendix and the appendix uh, deals with another area a little bit more extensively but one of them is we have a chapter on god's threefold speaking revising how we hear the lord's voice and the truth of the matter is depending on what denomination or movement we grow up in as a christian we essentially learn to hear the lord's voice or to recognize his voice through only one way and so i talk about the three ways and i I show this biblically and experientially another one is revising christianese the phrase the lord told me Mm. is an example of christianese and i talk about how that phrase the lord told me really is counterproductive even if god has shown you or spoken to you something uh, to just go around saying the lord told me oftentimes produces a lot of confusion and conflict and it stifles conversation and sometimes it gives god credit for things he didn't really author and blames him for things that he wasn't responsible for you know because we say well the lord told me Mm -hmm. Uh, and another one is i call it revising christian code language and i talk about how as christians we pick up a code language and the example i give is let me pray about it that phrase let me pray about it and i'm sure you've heard that before I mean, I've heard it, used it in the past. We definitely believe in prayer. (laughs) I believe in prayer and praying about things. But let me pray about it is often, very often, Christian code language for no. Right. (laughs) So you ask me to do something for you, and I say, let me pray about it. Well, nine times out of ten, the answer is going to be no. Right. And and I, I make a case for this in the book based on my experience and so forth. Another one is Christian conversational styles, revising our semantics. And what I point out here is that as Christians, we basically learn a conversational style when we talk about spiritual or theological things. And there are three main ones. And you and I can be having a disagreement over something about the Lord or the Bible, and we really don't disagree. But because we use these different conversational styles, you know, maybe you're a Baptist and I'm a Pentecostal, or maybe you're Reformed and I'm a Methodist, you know, Mm -hmm. because we have different conversational styles that we've picked up from our uh, denomination or our spiritual background, we think we're disagreeing. Right. But we're really not. We're just using different semantic uh, terms and different styles. Another chapter is what's wrong with our gospel, revising our message, and I talk about the gospel message and how it's different from what we often hear today. And then there's the uh, felt presence of God, revising our awareness of the divine. I don't know what 
kind of background you grew up in, but I grew up in a background that really emphasized sensing God's presence mm. and feeling God's presence. And I watched Christians just agonize over the fact that they weren't feeling God's presence. Or they may go to a meeting and some of their friends would say, oh, did you sense the presence of God? It was so thick you can cut it with a knife. And the, the other person saying, I didn't feel anything. You know, <laughs> What's wrong with me? Right. <laughs> and so I get into that, and I talk about the different aspects of God's presence, and then I get into something called the dark night of the soul. And I approach it from an angle that's uh, very rarely talked about today. The dark night of the soul is an experience that some Christians have where it's as if God walks off the stage of your life. Mm. and you feel totally alone, you feel God has walked out on you, it's more profound than a dry spell, it's more horrific than a trial, you actually feel like an atheist. And I get into why this happens to some Christians and, and what to do about it. Another one is called Captured by the Same Spirit You Oppose, Revising Our Attitudes. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this, somebody who preaches against something very strong, very hard, mm -hmm. the next thing you know, they've fallen into the same thing. Right. And I get into, you know, this whole phenomenon and historically um, that it's been around, you know, great Christian leaders for a long time, as well as Christians that are not considered to be leaders. We're all susceptible to it, but half the battle is recognizing that any of us can fall into it. So I get into some of that. And then the God of Unseen Endings, Revising Our Spiritual Expectations, and, Amy, in this chapter, I talk about how God will often, or there will come a point in our life where God will refuse to meet our expectations. Mm. <laughs> and whatever, you know, God we've created in our own mind or whatever God we've been taught from our teachers and our preachers, God is going to do something in our life or he's not going to do something in our life that's not going to fit our expectation or what we thought he was supposed to do. And, boy, that is a big trial for many Christians. Right. And I get into that bit, you know, revising our concept of God. Stripping down to Christ alone gets into the Holy Spirit's ministry. And I grew up in the charismatic Pentecostal movement, and so I make a lot of observations about that looking back. Certainly believing the Holy Spirit's work, but a lot of that's been rescripted uh, in my own life and experience. And then your Christ is too small, revising our Christian pursuit and I talk about, you know, what we really ought to be pursuing above everything else. And then finally, there's an afterword that's called the three Gospels. And in that piece, what I do is I talk about how that most Christians can be put into one of three categories. They've accepted the Gospel of legalism, or they've accepted the Gospel of libertinism, or they've accepted the Gospel of liberty mm. and lordship. And I talk about the difference and, you know, how some Christians, they grow up in a, a legalistic tradition or a legalistic denomination, and they get burned by it, and then they kind of fall off the other side of the horse and become a libertine, where, you know, the grace of God is licensed to sin and do whatever you want. And so we have this tension, and we have it all throughout the New Testament, too. Paul was dealing with it constantly in the churches he planted, but then there's that razor-sharp gospel of liberty and the gospel of the lordship of Christ. And the two go hand-in-hand, hand, liberty and lordship. And so I talk about that as well and contrast and compare all three gospels. Right. How long does it take to get re-scripted? <laughs> it depends on where you live in the country. So 
on average, a day in the 21st century will take you between 70 and uh, 90 years. Oh, okay. On average. <laughs> in other words, a lifetime. Right. <laughs> this is not add water and stir. We're constantly being rescripted. And everything I talk about in the book has come out of my own experience. You know, up to this point as a Christian, areas in my life that the Lord has descripted me from and rescripted me into. And it's a growing process. And uh, I'm sure, you know, 20 years down the road, I can write, revise us again, part two, <laughs> and deal with uh, some other things, God willing. Right, right. And um, many of your previous books um, have been about church renewal and restoration. And how do you see revise us again relating to those other books? <sighs> it's not related in this sense that my other books more or less deal with the practice of the church. Pagan Christianity, you know, rethinks and challenges many of our cherished church traditions and practices. Reimagining church presents a new view of the church and how the church can function and, and express itself in the world today based on New Testament principles. Mm-hmm. From Eternity Here takes a look at what the church is to God and how much he loves the church and how important the church is to his divine plan. And Finding Organic Church, of course, is about how to plant and sustain organic expressions of the church in our time based on the New Testament. So my book, Revise Us Again, is different in the sense that it doesn't deal with church. It deals with the individual Christian life. Right. And, you know, where these other books would be more interested in people who are interested in the subject of the church or within their hearts they're saying, you know, there's got to be something more to the church than this. They're a good candidate for reading the other books, but this book is to the Christian who says, I want to grow in the Lord. I want to be more like Christ. I I want the Holy Spirit to take me to a more mature level in the faith. I want to go on with him, you know. That's what this book is for. Now, here's how it's the same. All my books, my previous books on the church, challenge status quo thinking, and they appeal to the reader to rethink many things that we have taken for granted. Mm -hmm. And so this book does the same thing, but it does it not in in the area of the church, but it does it in the area of our own Christian walk and things we've learned and things we just kind of accept without thinking about them. And one of the more common comments that people have made on the book is, you know, I never thought about this before. I'd never seen it. This stuff works at an unconscious level, it seems. But it's really opened my eyes, you know. And I think for many Christians, if we want to go on with the Lord, there are obstacles and hindrances in our lives that we may not be aware of. And one of the jobs that the Holy Spirit does is he shines his light on those areas so that we can make spiritual progress. And a book like this kind of, you know, serves as an instrument to have him shine that light on those areas. Mm, Yeah, I find it interesting how you specifically... Uh, mention like particular phrases that Christians use, um, you know, because often what we say is so um, indicative of what's going on <laughs> yeah, in right. our hearts. So, right. you know, right. if we're trying to present a certain image or mm-hmm. um, exactly not be decisive, but um, and how has the response to the book been so far? Well, you know, it's it's only been out a very short time, but so far the response has been very positive. You know, the reviews have been mostly um, five-star reviews and wonderful things people are saying. 
and uh, the personal email I've gotten has been very good. You know, some of my other books are very controversial. Mm -hmm. This is not so much controversial as it is a challenge, a healthy challenge, a challenge that is being well received. Cool. Well, thanks, Frank, for taking time to chat with us today about your new book. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and it's always a pleasure to uh, chat with you, and I hope we can do it again sometime.